Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New? I'm Ed Peters. We move on today to Acts chapter 26. Here in this chapter, Luke records Paul's testimony before King Agrippa. It is not a defense of himself, but a declaration of the gospel with the evident purpose of winning Agrippa and the others present to Christ. This is a dramatic scene, and this chapter is one of the greatest pieces of literature either secular or inspired. Luke sets the scene in the closing verses of chapter 25. Paul, a prisoner in Herod's palace in Caesarea, is asked to appear before King Agrippa, his sister Bernice, Governor Festus, along with high-ranking military officers and the leading men of the city, not for the purpose of defending himself, but to explain to these dignitaries just what the way was all about. Since Paul had appealed his case to Caesar, neither Festus nor Agrippa could condemn Paul, nor could they set him free. But they hoped to gain enough insight into this case to explain to Caesar the reason Paul requested a hearing before him. Here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. The scene is a room in the palace of Herod the Great in the capital city of Judea, Caesarea on the Mediterranean. The Roman governor of Judea, Festus, is there. So is the visitor, King Herod Agrippa II. So is his sister, consort, 
The civil and military dignitaries and all their regalia are in this hall, too. A Christian Jew named Paul is led into the chamber. He is in chains. He looks pitiful in his setting, surrounded by all this pomp and pageantry and finery. The king gives him permission to speak. Now imagine yourself in this situation. What would you say if you were Paul the accused? Some of us in such surroundings might not be able to speak at all. We'd be tongue-tied, not Paul. I want you to hear this scene from the pen of the historian Luke in this book called The Acts of the Apostles. It's in chapter 26. King Agrippa says to Paul, you have permission to speak. So Paul motions with his hand and begins. Now you must, in your mind, see the scene. Here is this prisoner in chains, and he lifts them and commands attention in this hall. Whether his audience is kings or slaves, they are all lost without the gospel. They all need to hear. So he makes a motion as best he can with his manacled hands, and he says, King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jews all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now, it is because of my hope in what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. This is the promise our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God in night and day. O King, it is because of this hope that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme in my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions, and we fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul! Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, 
and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Christ would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I am not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it was not done in a corner, King Agrippa. Do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to become a Christian? Paul replied, Short time or long, I pray that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. The king rose, and with the governor and Bernice, who was sitting with them, they left the room, and while talking with one another, they said, The man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. That's the story as Luke describes it. It's the longest of Paul's five defenses in this book and the most important one, although this is not a trial. He has appealed to Caesar, so no trial before that is necessary or legal. The reason for this confrontation is that Festus doesn't know how to formulate the charges against Paul. So he enlists the visitor, King Agrippa, who was an authority on Judaism, to help him write up the charges, which would then be sent with the prisoner to the emperor. That's the reason Festus called this meeting. No doubt God had a different agenda. He wanted Festus, Agrippa, and Bernice, and all the civil and military dignitaries to hear the gospel once more before Paul left for Rome, never to return. So Paul tells it like it is. He clearly gives the gospel, hoping that Agrippa will listen and come to believe in Christ, as so many others had. This was a crucial time for this king. He could choose. The choice was his, take it or leave it. He made the choice to leave it. We have no record that he ever received Christ, but he heard, clearly, Paul made sure of that. Agrippa chose to reject the Savior. That's man's right. That's his God-given freedom. Paul had done his best. 
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.